Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, we are your children gathered at your feet, and we long to hear from you. Speak to us, O Lord, and show your love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So over this season of Lent, I'm going to be doing a series on the Lord's Prayer. And um, the first first portion of that is what we'll look at today. But it it has its roots in the reality of God's self-revelation. So Moses... Moses left Egypt because he killed a guy. So he's hiding. He goes into the desert in the middle of nowhere. And even though he was a a, uh, prince in Pharaoh's home, he he is now nothing. And he comes upon a bunch of desert tribes and ends up with one of the families and is watching their sheep. And he's looking for one of the sheep that's lost He goes into a cave, and there in the cave is a bush that is burning, but it's not being consumed. God has not relegated Moses off to a life of an easy life of shepherding. He's not sent him out, but he has a purpose for his life, and God comes to him and speaks to him in order that not only that he might fulfill the calling that God has for him, but that God might demonstrate who he is in relationship with all of us. The word of God from the, from the book of, of, of Exodus, pardon me. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name the name of God. You've probably heard it along the way, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. That's where we get those four letters. And to this day, the Jewish people will not pronounce it. Instead, they will insert there where they come upon those four letters in the text. They'll insert Adonai, which means my Lord or just Lord. And oftentimes in the Hebrew text, it'll be capitalized to set it it apart. But it's the holy name of God. And it is a name that is to be honored and respected. Oddly enough, the term Jehovah is taking those consonants, Y-H-W-H, and putting the vowel points of Adonai, of my Lord, 
and combining them. And so we have this sort of hybrid name for God, Jehovah. That's where that comes from. But the name of God is, is to be honored and, and protected. And, and we with our lives are to, are to show honor with our relationship with God. But what this demonstrates is that God is present with his people. He has revealed himself specifically to, to all of us. And, and the notions about God as being some far out thing beyond the universe, that if we go far enough out there, we get to the end of the universe and get beyond the end of the universe, and, and there's God out there. There, there. That's where heaven is, way, way out there. This passage, as well as many others in the scripture, disabuse us of those notions. That God is with us and that his name is holy. And Jesus here with his disciples tells them to address God as our Father. Our Father. And Jesus himself speaks of God as Father more than in any other term. I don't know if you've heard, but the Anglican Church is right now talking about <clears throat> removing that kind of language from their liturgy. And because of the, the cultural imperialism that is going on that tries to redefine everything according to what constitutes a, a, a popular understanding of reality in our time. It's, it's what G.K. Chesterton called the, the arrogance of those that happen to be walking about. Interestingly enough, Chesterton also was an atheist, and when he became a Christian at age 18, oh no, pardon me, he, I got my, name, my, my numbers mixed up. When he was 18 years old, one of the great preachers in London, Charles Spurgeon, died when he was 18, but Spurgeon had had a great impact on Chesterton. But when he became a Christian, he chose to become a Catholic because he didn't feel that the Anglican church had the stuff to fend off modernity. And sure enough, he was right. The stuff of the Anglican church is not adequate to fend off modernity, just like a lot of the mainline denominations. And, and so there's all of this caving in going on in the church. And one of the primary targets is the language of God as father. Oh, well, that's patriarchal. No, it isn't. It's the name of God given to us by our Lord. Now, I've got my seminary Bible. I got this when I was at Princeton, my first year, and in the opening pages, right here, is one of my professors, Bruce Metzger. And he was responsible for the New Testament, not just the Greek New Testament, but then also the final version of the English New Testament. And he was asked why it was that the language of God was maintained in masculine terms. 
And he said, because we have no authority to change that. We pass on what we receive. We don't have the authority to change it. Several years ago, I was in an argument with this woman who was involved in the Presbyterian Church's hymnal, and they were taking out some of the, the language in the hymnal that referred to God as Father. And one of the great abolitionist hymns, once to every man and nation, they took out completely because they couldn't fix it. And I, I asked her, what's going on? What authority do we have to change something that somebody else wrote? Yes, it may be public domain, but by what authority do we change what somebody else wrote? So Billy Dean and Don and Dustin know that when we find our hymns, we make sure we go back as far as we can to make sure we got the these and thous in there, <laughs> as if we're too dumb to understand what thee or thou means. And when it says Father, we include Father. We, we don't change. We try to find out what was written originally and adhere to that and honor those who've gone before us. Honor that which we've received. Because it didn't all start with us. And those cultural pressures that are literally alloying the truth with cultural norms. We, we simply gladly ignore that. But Jesus, when he speaks with his disciples, he's, he's taking language that he uses personally in relationship with God, and he instructs us to use the same language. He tells us to say, our Father. Jesus would say, my Father. He tells us to say, our Father. He was son by nature. We are children by adoption. And yet the, the, all, the ang all the arguments go, well, that's just a metaphor. As, as if the actual nature of God is somehow different from that language. And when Jesus himself authorizes us to use that language, to speak of God as Father, he is telling us, he's revealing to us something that, that we otherwise don't have access to. We can have all of our philosophical speculations, but the reality is Jesus tells us to call God Father. And how, what a gift is that? And <clears throat> so the arguments go, yeah, but now everyone has a good father. Well, I mean, we, we read the Old Testament, we hear about these kings and these fathers, a lot of lousy fathers in the Old Testament, we hear it all the time. But that doesn't mean we, we redefine God because of bad fathers. The idea is that we redefine what fatherhood looks like. And fatherhood does not look like a, an abusive top-down patriarchy. Fatherhood looks like a self-sacrificing, 
serving, protecting, providing presence, knowing that, that, that the brood that has been entrusted to him is precious and, and is worth everything he is. And that, that any father who really understands and who, who has that experience of entering into fatherhood knows not only that would he die for that child, he'd kill for that child. would do anything for that child. So God is our father. And God is the, is the father who's immediate and present with us. In heaven, again, it's not way out there. It is way out there but it's also way in here. And um, Jesus was standing amongst his disciples at one point, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is in the midst of you. And there he was standing with them, and there they were surrounded in this reality that was in some way the the embodiment and the experience of, of the kingdom itself. And how we do experience that every now and then sometimes in a, in a very special moment of fellowship where we just feel somehow this is it, somehow this is real, somehow something speaks to us and something touches us. And we know that, that the reality of heaven is breaking in. I've got on my computer a... Um, picture from Riverside, California, where I grew up. It's got some palms, palm trees in the foreground, and then it's got Mount Baldy covered with snow in the background. And um, I guess they had a so-called blizzard in California yesterday. I wish I had been able to be there to see it. <laughs> but Mount Baldy was one of those places where as a kid I'd take off and my, I had a little MG convertible, I'd get to a high place and look at Baldy. And somehow, it was to me a window into heaven. Somehow it gave rise to a, a longing and a, a sense that, that everything, everything was sort of holy. God gives us those places and those experiences. But here's the other amazing thing about this opening to the prayer. When Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the language he uses for Father is the most diminutive form of the word. So I'm saying Father, and we're thinking Dad, we're thinking Father. I was in a, uh, I was in a gathering of some uh, some young families not too long ago, and there was a little one. I don't know how old this little one was. I, didn't, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. I just knew it was little. But mom and dad were kind of trying to get this little one to say mommy or daddy, mom or dad, for the very first time. So mom is going, mama, mama, mama. And dad's going, dad, 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 dad. <laughs> And all these, you know, they were all there at this, this gathering, this get-together, this party. And, and uh, 
Finally, the, the, this little child uh, breaks forth with, Dada! <laughs> and the guys cheer, and they're high-fiving and, <laughs> and fist-bumping and all of that. The language that Jesus gives us is Abba. Abba. The youngest of children can say Abba. Abba. And that's the language that God gives us through his son, our Savior Christ. That we call him Father. But not just Father, but Father as a child would. Maybe at five months old or six months old. The earliest stages of life as a way of saying that even before you were, even before you were born, even before the, the kingdom of, of this world was made, even before the world spun into place, I knew you and I loved you. Abba. And in that way, our Lord speaks to us and gives us a personal, intimate relationship with him. On seminary, they use all this language of the, the imminent and the economic trinity and all this sort of thing. And, and that ultimately gives rise to the, the talk in the seminary community of, of the language of fathers just being a, just a way of speaking, just a way of talking. The reality is God could have revealed himself in any number of forms. He could have said, I come to you as a massive tree or as an eagle or as the moon or the stars. But instead he comes to us personally, one at a time, as our father. And he loves you. Will you join me in prayer? And grant it, O Lord, that we may, in our own hearts, feel the pulse of the love that you have lavished upon us. May it be, O Lord, that, that we become so captivated by your knowledge of us that we would in turn simply want to know more of you. And in that way, O oh Lord, may our lives glorify you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.